No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. As promised, I'm going to eat one Girl Guide cookie for every Winnipeg Jets goal on tonight's post-game show. So when Dave M is talking, I'm going to be snacking. That's what I call a win-win situation. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show with Dave Manouk, who just did a quick change because for some reason he didn't like the white illegal curve shirt that he was wearing. I'm not going to do the same. I like the red illegal curve shirt that I'm wearing, but Dave M will explain his behavior undoubtedly. I'm Drew Mandel. He's Dave Manouk. We welcome you on this Sunday evening. The Winnipeg Jets on fuego. Six goals a game is apparently the new standard for this team as they handily defeat the New Jersey Devils by a 6-1 margin tonight. It was 6-2 on Friday against the Detroit Red Wings, 6-1 tonight against the Devils. Logically, Dave M., that means it's going to be 6-0 on Wednesday against the Calgary Flames. That's just math, people. I don't make up the math. I don't make up the rules. It's simply just math. Good evening, good sir. How are things? That's true, Drew. And right now the, the uh, Flames are having trouble with the Anaheim Ducks, 4-3 for Anaheim last I checked. Of course, with those two teams, it seems like, especially with Calgary, that score is changing every few seconds. But Jets fans have become Ducks fans, and they're hoping for uh, uh, they're hoping for another uh, an unexpected Anaheim win because let me tell you, the Jets could use a little bit of breathing room. Although it is an important point that Ezzy made yesterday on the show, I thought that um, you know, everybody's like, well, they're two back, but they, these teams are really, you know, let's, whatever their number is, add one because the jets do have the tiebreaker against the two teams. Right. So realistically a tie with Winnipeg, you know, if you're two points behind them, isn't sufficient to get you in. Right. True. So mm-hmm. that is, it's a point as made yesterday. It really does add a point in the standings for Winnipeg because effectively Calgary and Nashville both need to surpass the jets, not tie the jets that's in right. order to get in the playoffs. So it is something that's worth noting because mm-hmm. I know the jets fans are, are hyper-focused right now on the standings and look, nobody knew what to, to expect from this, this hockey game. I mean, none of us did whether, you know, I mean, dancing Gabe had a bit of an inkling. He called the jets <laughs> win. I will give dancing Gabe credit. Yeah. He expected the score to be a tighter as I was coming through uh, the media gate to to watch the game for the first two periods in the press box. Hashtag in the press box, no big deal. Then uh, for, Brett, for our friend Brett, tell me. For, exactly. Um, no, but I saw Gabe waiting for me. And of course he he saw me and said, Dave. And then I walked closer. He goes, Dave Manuka legal curve, high five. Mm. And then I said, all right, Gabe, what's the score in tonight's game? Because Jets win 4-3. So Gabe picked the win. He didn't pick the right win, but uh, nobody's going to fault Dancing Gabe for his enthusiasm and uh, his optimism. So what you're saying is the Gabe guarantee is a lot more accurate than the Ginsburg guarantee. Is it, the, is, it is. It is. It is absolutely. But look, I mean, again, like I said, you know, it was a, it's an important game and you're Drew, I don't know if you want to go over the stat that our good friend Judy Owen yeah. of the Canadian press uh, tweeted out before the game. I do have uh, maybe, it up. You have it teed up. So maybe just because I think it's important because I know a lot of people are going to say, well, you're getting this team on the back to back. And, and, you know, we talked about this on Saturday's show. 
teams got the Jets on the end of a back-to-back when they played. So, I mean, teams get tired. Teams, it's a give and take throughout the course of the season. Some have harder, some have it easier. That's just ultimately the reality. And as we've often talked about when we're talking about Connor Hellebuck, you don't apologize for how the schedule is dealt to you. So, I mean, if the Jets have the schedule they have, okay, that's what the reality is. And so they're going to get three games in a row, including now the Calgary game, where the team that they're playing will have played the night before. But if you read the stat from New Jersey, uh, with respect to the New Jersey Devils, they haven't had a problem on back-to-backs. So here's a courtesy of our friend Judy Owen, who, of course, covers the Jets and covers the Winnipeg sports scene for the Canadian press. Uh, the Devils entering tonight's game. So obviously... NTRS9 also apparently knew this, but there's more to it. There you go. So the Devils entering tonight's game were 9-2-0 and in the second half of back-to-back games this season and 5-0 and when those back-to-back games happened on the road or when the second half of those back-to-backs happened on the road. So this was a good team in back-to-back situations the New Jersey Devils were. So mm-hmm. the Jets, you know, and let's be honest, they weren't tested last night against the Chicago Blackhawks. Exactly. It's not like that was a game... Uh, that you know left them winded and and, and and you know out of energy or anything like the uh, the Red Wings when they beat the Hurricanes on Thursday before the back to back against the Jets. Uh, you know it was a much closer game and it was much more competitive. The Red Wings pulled it out last night. The Devils handed uh, handily beat the Chicago Blackhawks like most teams do. And then they flew here and again they got here earlier than the Red Wings did. It was a it was a back-to-back, and you obviously do have to account for that, but this Devils team was good in back-to-back situations prior to tonight's game, and the Jets just took it to them by that 6-1 margin. And again, this is a game for a Winnipeg Jets team, and I was very curious to see how the Jets were going to come out tonight. You know, you saw Friday's game against the Red Wings as, okay, yes, they got that win. They got the monkey off their back. But the last time we'd sort of seen them get a monkey off their back, they didn't necessarily follow that up with a significant effort or a significant response with another dominant victory. They went back into being a little bit of the doldrums-esque team that we've seen as of late. Tonight, this was... Again, another dominant effort. Anytime that you can enter the third period of a hockey game and that game be out of reach, by and large out of reach, uh, then you've done something well. And so when the Jets... Andrew, just sorry, let me interject quickly. Courtesy of our good friend Amanda Stein, who used to be with TSN in Montreal and now works for the Devils, Mm -hmm. who I, I stopped and chatted with. In the press box. <laughs> Stop um, saying it. It's annoying. Okay, already, okay, okay, okay. Well, I mean, I'm just going to do it for the, I did it for last game. I did it for this game. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get over it. I just think it was funny okay. that Brent pointed it out. I so, know. It's like, um, you know, we have no, but any, just for the, for anybody who's new and maybe just wondering why we're saying that, we've been there since the start, since the yeah, team of course. came back to Winnipeg. It's we were there before never, that, for God's sakes. We were there. True. We, we, had, we used to be, uh, shooting moose we used to do moose stuff so i mean that's like true. it's not as it's not as a new experience but i'm, no, I'm just having, a new having fun with brent in brent the chat me. anywho exactly. the, the point i was going to make about amanda stein in the press box that uh, <laughs> that she was uh Are she indic- playing clue amanda stein in the press box with yeah a yeah or yeah yeah hopefully not a hatchet to kill me but <laughs> yeah. she she indicated to me that the uh, devils were the best team in terms of comebacks third period comebacks in the nhl so and and you look at the firepower on that new jersey devils team mm-hmm. and you you can understand why and you understand why the Jets had such a tough test, uh, you know, coming into tonight's action. And I mean, the, these these two points, I don't want to I don't want to overstate it because there's still there's still quite a bit of of way to go. But these are probably the two biggest 
two most important points the Jets are going to pick up this season. These were very big wins for the Winnipeg Jets, especially this one. I mean, this one was against the team that is in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference, the upper echelon of the NHL, a team that, and we know how the Jets have, bought, have largely struggled against the Eastern Conference this season. This was, you know, it, it wasn't a... I mean, again, I, I don't want to say the cliche of must win because I don't know that it was a must win game for the Winnipeg Jets, but it was an important game mm -hmm. to see how the response would be after Friday's game. Would they get fat on the performance from Friday? Would mm -hmm. they be uh, arrogant in their game based on the performance on Friday? And I can say without a shadow of doubt, Dave Am, that they were not arrogant, that they worked hard, that they outworked New Jersey for the most part, in tonight's game, that they were harder on the puck, that they were the ones who were winning most puck battles, that the effort was from the entire length of the ice. All yeah. 200 feet the Jets were competitive in and battling hard in in order to ensure that this game turned out to be a victory. And I'm not sure what happened between, sorry, between no, the end of the road trip in San Jose, which was a disaster, of course, and Friday and even tonight and why it carried over. And yeah. I'm not saying that it won't necessarily revert back because, you know, I don't have my uh, fortune telling goggles on right now. <laughs> I don't think those exist even, but if they do, I should get a pair. Yeah, we could have uh, won the uh, Lotto Max. Thanks a lot, Drew. Yeah, sorry. If, I, if I'd known, I would have done that. But whatever reason, for whatever reason, this Winnipeg Jets team, at least for the last two games look a lot more uh, cohesive and a lot more competitive in all areas uh, of the ice than they had for the last 20 plus games. Well, and, and I think that's one thing that I think is worth understating or underscoring, sorry, because mm -hmm. I agree with you. That's one thing I said, don't let the score fool you. This was a complete team effort from mm -hmm. Connor Hellebuck being excellent when he needed to be to defensive efforts like Dylan DeMello jumping across to help Connor Hellebuck and Josh Morrissey at the same time preventing a goal and Kevin Stanlin getting into the lane to block a shot like the Jets to a man and you know what someone else pointed out Morgan Barron killing icings like there were a lot of really important um uh, there was a total I mean Blake Wheeler along the wall like there were a yeah. lot of <laughs> nice that comment, Alan. Funny, Alan, Alan. Alan hey, L says, hey, you don't count my 60 millions. If I want another 60 million, yeah. I'm going to get another What are you talking about? Drew, Drew would always take another 60 million, yeah, Alan. Come Alan. on, man. How are we going to send you all that IC merch? But you anywho. They say it, 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 the first 60 million is the hardest to get. The next 60 million is a lot easier. Exactly. Exactly. There you go, Drew. Well, Drew, nobody else knows, of course, that except for you, Drew. But, <laughs> but the point is that it was just, it was a total team effort from the goaltender out. And, and I think that was the important, like, you know, you can have an offensive game and it's, it's important and it's good to see your goal scorers get going and you need to see Kyle Connor scoring Nikolai Ehlers, you know, all of those guys, you know, uh, Nito Niederreiter, Blake Wheeler, like whoever it is getting those guys going is important, of course, but the, but the 60 minute total three zone of play effort that you saw from this hockey team against one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Again, like I said, doesn't matter if it was a back-to-back uh, -back for them. They're still a very good hockey team. Mm -hmm. Th that's what you need from this Winnipeg Jets club, and 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 ultimately that's what they got. And and so that that appeared to be a, a lot of buy-in. And a, like you said, Drew, it was very curious. I was very curious how this team would 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 react and how they would bring forth what kind of effort they'd bring forth in this game. And we saw it from the outset of the game. Yeah. And basically until the conclusion of this game was was a complete team effort and and, and a really really important two wins. 
Yeah, Good well, point, you know, sir. I just got a I just got a text message from one of my my friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, proud sponsor of of course of us here at Illegal Curve, who said that you know this was one of the better games he's been to all season. Energy felt like a Friday night. Crowd was into it. That's all the crowd wants. They want the effort. They want to see the effort put forth by the team, and they saw it tonight. Yeah, and they saw it in the defensive zone with a number of quality back checks that broke up scoring chances and they saw it in the offensive zone i mean you know you can you can talk and we'll get into the goals coming up here momentarily but you know that is what the you know what the the crowd responds to the play in front of them the players uh, feed off the response it's a cohesive uh relationship and in this case, the way it's been tonight, the way it has been on Friday night, and you know that with Wednesday night's game having such massive implications, where, frankly, and we'll keep a very close eye on the Ducks and the Flames, they're in the second intermission with the Ducks up 4-3. Depending on what happens in that game uh, uh, tonight, the Jets could put the Flames to bed on Wednesday. Because right. if you're if after Wednesday you are 6 seven points up on Calgary with the tiebreaker mm-hmm. with only, you know, what would that be? That would leave him with four games to go. Well, that's mm-hmm. a pretty Everest size mountain to climb, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We will keep a close eye on the ducks and the flames throughout the rest of this post game show. Andrew, I just wanted to jump on a point that you made because it was one that I noted from being inside the building was the crowd was a little quiet. Oh, second girl guy cookie. Got it. Okay. The point is that it was a, the crowd was a bit quiet. And it wasn't like the crowd wasn't enjoying the hockey game, but it was almost like they weren't sure how to take this. Was this, was this a mirage? Were they wandering the desert looking and they saw like an oasis, you know, all these goals were as if they were an oasis, but it was funny because like I said, it was, so it was four nothing. And I was talking to Mike and Judy and, and a couple of the, the, the Carter squared to my right. And I just said to them, I'm like, it's funny how you just, it doesn't feel like it's a four nothing game because almost like fans don't want to be too boisterous. They don't want to be too exact, you know, too, uh, too much. And then when it went to five and six, suddenly the wave. And again, I I've changed my tune on the wave. I used to be anti-wave. I'm actually pro wave. Welcome, welcome to my yeah. side. Well, I'm not a wave. I wouldn't do the wave myself, but I'm not anti-wave. I've taken a neutral position on the wave. Okay. From, you're, a fence, folks, you're a fence sitter on the wave. I understand. That is correct. I've now taken that position. But anywho, the point is that the fans were into it and they can do whatever they want. They're the ones who spend, you know, hundreds uh, of dollars every game to go to these hockey games so they can do whatever they want as far as I'm concerned. And and the fact of the matter is they were excited. They were having a good time. They were spending their Sunday night uh, watching their Jets uh, defeat a very good New Jersey Devils team. And that they did. Let's get into the goals in tonight's Betway game recap. Brought to you, of course, by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. Winnipeg Jets open the scoring. Hey, how about that? It's been a while since we've been able to say that in multiple games in a row, but they did open the scoring again at the 459 mark of the first period. Nikolai Ehlers, don't leave him all alone in the slot. I know he's only got now 11 goals on the season, 12 after the one he gets in the third period, but don't leave him all alone in the slot, folks. There's your lesson in hockey uh, in hockey uh, tonight. Uh, his 11th of the season assist to Blake Wheeler and Nate Schmidt. 
it's a hardworking play. Mm-hmm. It is Nate Schmidt with a very good seal of a puck along the boards. It goes in deep to Blake Wheeler, and Blake Wheeler wins a puck battle. He wins the puck battle against uh, Siegenthaler, if I'm not mistaken, uh, on this one. Uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, he wins the puck battle, or uh, and then you know Dougie Hamilton is also on the ice, and he just vacates the the front of the net. I just don't know what Dougie Hamilton's read is on this one, but Wheeler with a great pass to Ehlers, and it's on and off his stick in a blink of an eye past Vitek Vanacek, and it's one nothing for the Jets at the just before the five minute mark of the first period. It was it was the exact kind of start that the Jets needed to have. I mean, the yeah. Jets came. They they you know we've been talking about this chasing games, and it, it's never a good thing, especially when you're a team that is 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 in a tenuous position right now as the Jets are. So you really want to get the crowd into it because, you, like you said, Drew, nobody really knew how to take this. Nobody knew what was going to happen with the carryover, and there were a lot of questions. That would seem to be a theme in the. Uh, media availabilities with Rick Bonus. Yes, I think it was yesterday. And and again, today was just that idea of how does your team carry this over? You know, because like you said, Drew, mm-hmm. there's been instances where they've done this and then they don't bring it into the next game. And so how would you do that? And you know what? Again, we were, we were quick to say Blake Wheeler looks like he lost a step, but whatever he lost, he seems to have found in the last little bit because he really does seem to be playing a much stronger game. And I don't honestly, I don't know. I can't, I don't know what to attribute it to, Sure, but he, his board play was, was from, first of all, he was taking face-offs and, and, and I, and I, it's funny. Cause I quoted, I was like, Oh yeah, he took uh, you know, it looks like Blake Wheeler's going to become a face-off guy. He took and then face-offs tonight and he won, and he won uh, 63% of them. Well, but when he took taking a second or third one, I think Kenny Weeb yelled down. He's like, he goes, he goes, yeah, it's because Nemestikov was kicked out of the uh, faceoff circle, which I hadn't noticed. But I did notice that he had taken, I think it was his third. So I think he had started to. And look, it's, it's Blake Wheeler's shown that he can play center a little bit. A little bit. You know, maybe not necessarily with the legs, but in terms of the faceoffs. Mm-hmm. And as you said, Drew, 63%, nothing to, nothing to sniff your nose at, given the fact that the Jets haven't been exactly uh, super strong in that area. But the fact is, you know, I liked his board play in setting that up, and you've mm-hmm. got you're right. Hamilton tried to double team Wheeler uh, in kind of a no man's land. Yeah, and and then and then yeah, how do you leave Nikolai Ehlers? And Nikolai Ehlers was left alone a couple of inst- a couple of times in that uh, in the slot, and you know, again, he's got too good a shot, and <laughs> and suddenly it's a one nothing hockey game for the one. Yeah, he had enough time to make a sandwich. He could have he could have shot. He could have deked. <laughs> he could have made peanut butter and jelly. Whatever he wanted to do there uh, was was available to him. In any event, it made it one nothing for the Jets. They doubled their lead at the sixteen fifteen mark of the first period. Nino Niederreiter, his twenty fourth of the season, assist to Blake Wheeler. That's Wheeler's second assist of the game, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nemesnikov, who of course has just been such a just a, a, a revelation for the Winnipeg Jets since coming over at the trade deadline. Um, his contributions and Niederreiter's contributions can't be overstated. You know somebody's contributions on this goal that aren't going to be listed. Yeah. Is yeah. Adam Lowry. This is Adam 100%. Lowry's goal. No I mean, question. this appears as though it's going to be a three on one. Could have been a breakaway also because yeah. you remember he's stepping out of the penalty box. That's right. And is so about Eric Hall is stepping out of the penalty box. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and the Jets were caught, you know, a little bit aggressive at the end of the power play. And it looks like it's going to be a, at the very least, it's going to be an odd man rush for the New Jersey Devils. And there are yeah, scary. Three on one is right, Drew. We'll say that again. No, I said you were right. It was a, it was would have yeah. been a three on one. Yeah, exactly right. So you know, so 
the Devils look like they're about to get an opportunity here. A tremendous defensive play by Adam Lowry, mm-hmm. taking the puck off the stick of the New Jersey Devils player, instead turns yeah. it into a, a three-on-two for the Jets, at which they ultimately capitalize with Niederreiter uh, banging in the rebound to give the Jets a 2 nothing lead. Talk about a change in momentum, a 100%. change in opportunity. And Adam Lowry's name isn't on the score sheet, but everybody who watched tonight's game and all those players up and down the bench and the coaching staff are going to say, that's ama- That's look at the, what you did, Adam Lowry. Look at the example that this play can set for the rest of the team, that attention to detail defensively and doing your job defensively turned into a goal for the offense just that quickly. Yeah, and, and you're 100% right. And our friend Craig Button often calls it the the third assist that doesn't get credited. But yeah. watching that that play take place, you could see Adam Lowry with the track back to get to steal that puck. And like you said, Drew, get it to Nemesnikov who got it to Wheeler who got it to need a rider and uh, sure enough, Disco Inferno was playing. And like I said, it, it's a huge play because you don't get an assist. You don't get credit for it. And oftentimes it gets forgotten, but to have a two, nothing lead instead of a potentially one all game. Mm-hmm. And Connor Hellebuck was very good when he was tested. So I don't, I don't automatically credit New Jersey with a goal, but the fact of the matter is that it was a, you know, it's a very, solid play by Adam Lowry. And it's one of those ones that generally speaking, doesn't get credited. And I think in this instance probably does. So, uh, you know, that, that to me was almost meriting more of a mention than the goal, because like I said, without that play, there is no goal, goal but four, as we call it. So I think that was a real nice play by, uh, by Adam Lowry. And, and of course, ultimately gives the Jets a two nothing lead and Fans are kind of going, going, what is going on here, right? The Jets are you know, out <laughs> shooting the Devils, and I think it was 12-7. I think it might have been... 13-7 was the end of the first period. Right, but I think at that point it was 12-7, but the, but the weird part, or 12-6 or something like that. The Jets had uh, like a nice little... Uh, yeah, I agree with Maul. I do believe that was the TSN turning point for me as well. But uh, yeah, the Jets had a great first period. And yeah. it's it's kind of like one of those things we always we always kind of joke about, about how what is the what is the the narrative supposed to be is the narrative that when you're the first period is going to be a bad period for the road team i mean not a road team but for the team playing the back to back or is it going to be the good one because they've got a little bit of juice left or do they need to get rid of the acid in their legs and they'll they'll be better in the later periods well they're better in the later periods but maybe that's what new jersey would say but an excellent first period for the jets and the fans were were happy the fans were excited to see the jets up two nothing after one no question about it. So two nothing for the Jets after twenty minutes. A very good and Drew. Start. Just sorry, quickly. I, yeah. I do. I, I one other point I wanted to make. I took a note because the one thing the Jets did, which I liked, was right after they took a two nothing lead, they mm-hmm. took it back to New Jersey and they kept the pressure on. And I, I think it's worth noting because I, obviously I thought it was worth noting. I took a note of it. But the fact is <laughs> that you know this this is a, oftentimes you can get complacent, you can get lazy, and mm-hmm. I think the Jets knew this Devils team is too good that a two goal lead is not going to be sufficient and you always wonder how does the team react how does the team respond after anyway whether they give up a goal and they're down or whether they take a lead and you liked to see that the jets continued the attack mm-hmm. when it was two nothing that's right don't don't sit back don't don't get comfortable continue to take it to them and really you know uh you know enforce the lead that you have uh before we get to the three nothing goal i want to highlight this comment from disgruntled wheat 
Uh, I'm not sure why, if the wheat is disgruntled or if you're disgruntled with wheat, but it's irrelevant. Nice to see the team, that being the Jets, playing as a team and what they are capable of. Still a ways to go one game at a time. Tie up the skates and remember the lunch bag. It's time to work. I'm not sure if disgruntled wheat also writes uh, inspirational greeting cards in its. In By the way, Drew, the back. wheat is obviously disgruntled. Look at the look at the uh, the the caption. Look at the picture. That's true. The picture does look a little angry. Uh, hopefully, we'll put a smile on that picture because that is our tough duck hardest Ooh. hitting comment for tonight's post game show. Ginsburg's not here. I'm not sure where he is. I assume he's somewhere lamenting the loss. He's of like a beloved... Reese's monkey right now. He's like he's like crying in a corner. <laughs> the, lo- uh, the lamenting the loss of his beloved New Jersey Devils. So disgruntled. Wheat. When I get to choose the tough duck hardest hitting comment, you never know when it's going to come. Send me an email, drew at illegalcurve.com with your mailing address or slide into my DMs at ICDrew and we will hook you up with a toque courtesy of our friends at Tough Duck, the sponsor of the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. So congratulations to Disgruntled Wheat. 2 nothing for the Winnipeg Jets. After 20 minutes, we say good evening to everyone who's joining us, everyone that's already here. It is the Illegal Curve post-game show, the Betway game recap. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. If you haven't already done so, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. We always like to hear what you have to say about the post-game show and all the content we provide here on our Illegal Curve channel. Jets make it 3-0 early in the second period. Again, early goals in the period, a bit of a theme in tonight's contest. Uh, Just when it looked like Nemestikov may have scored, he didn't. He hit the post, but it certainly... By the way, I was convinced he... I I was Again, from my perspective, I thought I was like, oh, that was in. I was like, I thought it was in and out. I really did. Yeah, it it would look that close. Uh, He didn't end up scoring, but Morgan Barron then gets an opportunity. He gets hauled down on the play uh, by, he gets hauled down by, uh, who hauled him down? I'm not sure who hauled him down actually right now. I think. uh, I can look at a picture. Damon Severson, Brandon Manitoba's Damon Damon Severson. Brandon Manitoba. Yeah, he hauls him down. Uh, so Morgan Barron comes in on Vitek Vanacek with a penalty shot. I would have to assume, given his early stages of his career, that this would have been Morgan Barron's first NHL penalty shot. I'll let you look into the his AHL. It was. Record. It was. Uh, yeah, I uh, no, I don't. I don't believe he has uh, has one in the AHL. No. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. And he makes a great move, just outweighing Vitek Vanacek. I thought watching at home that he probably waited uh, a second or a beat too long but Vanacek opened up the five hole after closing it the first time and Baron slid it right between the wickets and the Jets had a three nothing lead early in the second period Dave well we've often talked about how you can get Morgan Baron into the game a little bit more because we think his play has merited it and and oh third girl guy cookie are we sponsored by girl guide at this point where you know I'm still waiting for my girl guy cookies that I haven't paid for yet but I will get those eventually. Once I pay Drew, oh, you're already eating them? Those are These are the aforementioned girl guy cookies? Okay, fair enough. Okay, well, I'll have to wait to the next time Bailey's selling girl guy cookies to, to enjoy some delicious girl guy cookies because as I saw from our friend Ezzy Ginsburg, we know that he has uh, already probably demolished his however many, but I think he only got the one box. So I suspect that's already been smashed. Smashed like you folks are all smashing that like button. But um, 
Morgan Barron has been, you know, again, Morgan Barron is a sneaky addition to this team. Uh, he really is. And, and he's young and he's, you know, I mean, he's still learning the game at the pro level, mm-hmm. but he has been a very good uh, soldier for this Jets club. And, and you can see like in the fourth line, you got to credit them, right? They're, they're working, they're working with what they're given, but I liked Morgan Barron's uh, jump today. And we've already highlighted, but I'll reiterate the point that you like to see him and maybe he has a lot of jump in his legs because he's not playing as much. And I know, I think he got up to about 11 minutes in today's game, but yeah. I think that, you know, you like to see him beating out those icings and you want to mm-hmm. see that you want to see that desperation or that determination, maybe is a better word in his game. And in, 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 again, not just limited to him, but the entire team. And so, yeah, nice play by Morgan Barron to get the goal is not really more much. I can add to that drew other than <laughs> the fact, other than the fact that he had, look, it's, 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 it's not an easy situation. You know, the, to have a penalty shot opportunity like that, it, it was curious for me because it all happened very quickly. And I was like, I said to the folks, I was like, well, I wonder what happens if they're going to blow that horn because <laughs> they've the now reviewed the it. Shot, they yeah. the horn that the, yeah. that the Jets actually scored and it was Nemesnikov's goal. But <laughs> regardless, uh, you know, the folks were playing, um, what is his, his, his music is what, Drew? Uh, I don't uh, know. Taking I, Care I, of Business? I think it's Taking Care of Business. Like by Backman Turner Overdrive? Mm, hold on, I'm gonna sure look it, it this up. This is how we do it. No, by money, Jordan? money. No, no, money. That no, that month. This is how we do it by Montel Jordan. Is uh, Dylan Demelis? Oh, okay. It's uh, money for nothing. Uh, okay, and okay, fair enough. Well, there you go. You heard money. Anyways, for nothing, man. there was some money for nothing. He's gonna get some money when he signs his new deal. Well done. Excellent segue there. Uh, three nothing for the Jets early in the second period. They make it four nothing. Kyle Connor, he's up to 30 goals on this down year for him. Still a crazy goal score. Well, you know, some guys who are, you know, are just naturally talented goal scorers when they have down years, they still get 30. And Kyle mm-hmm. Connor is one of those guys because he's an elite goal scorer in this league. You know, whatever you think about Kyle Connor and, you know, and his season, because it's probably been a bit of an average season for him, probably well, yeah, know, even, the two even stretches. below average to some extent, yeah. given the struggles and the slumps that he's those gone two, through. Those two slumps, yeah. Yeah, he's still got 30 goals. So, I mean, you, you know, you, whatever you want to say, this is still an elite goal scorer at the NHL level. Kyle Connor at the 1034 mark of the second period, his 30th assist to Pierre-Luc Dubois. And again, it's another hardworking goal in that both Dubois and Shifley are hard on the forecheck here. Mm -hmm. And the puck is, are are the Jets fortuitous in that the puck sort of just comes out to Kyle Connor and he's all alone in the slot? Yeah, they are. But it doesn't happen if it's not for a physical and a a hard forecheck by Shifley, who doesn't get an assist on this one, and by Dubois, who does get the assist. They're hard on the puck. They're hard on the defender uh, for New Jersey in this case, and they are hard to get the puck, and it it bounces out into the middle of the ice. And and Kyle Connor, again, like Nikolai Ehlers on the first goal of the game, is in a good position, and when you put him in a good position to, uh, you know, with with a scoring opportunity, he's often going to succeed. And he did here to make it four nothing for the Winnipeg Jets in the second period. Yeah, and it was funny because again, the beauty of of watching the games from above—I won't mention where—but from above <laughs> does give you the benefit in of the rafters. <laughs> yeah, it does give you the benefit though of of really watching plays develop, and mm-hmm. and that that is why I really do enjoy watching hockey games live. Well, there's a variety of reasons, but that really is one of the benefits is that you do see the totality of what is happening on the ice, and. Watching that play develop, you could see, like you said, Drew Dubois and Shifley are both in on the forecheck. 
And just the way I, I just a, a, probably a maybe a fraction of a second before um, Connor got that puck, I could see the puck going to Connor if if it went to him clean. And I and I I said I said well that's in, and he puts it in. And like you could see because he feel it's almost like you you you've hit a switch a little bit with Kyle Connor. And I thought it went on that two on one with Shifley where he chose to shoot. Mm-hmm. You can see that confidence a little bit is back yeah. with him. And so he's, I mean, look, he's a 30 goal scorer on a down year. As you just mm-hmm. said, that's, mm-hmm. that's remarkable. I mean, Kyle Connor is the leading, leading points getter for this Winnipeg Jets team. So, I mean, this is the fifth, fifth season, I believe fifth consecutive season. I, I'm not sure about fifth consecutive, but I, but I think it's for sure the fifth season that he's had at least 30 goals in his career. I mean, he just continues to just he continues to be an automatic for the Winnipeg Jets and, and goal scoring, and he just gets it done. And you know, the most important thing, and and the comment has been in the chat quite a bit, and I and I think it's probably bears mentioning the smiles. There were a lot of smiles, a lot of happiness, a lot of joy in Joyland, and that happens when you eat a girl guy cookie, Drew, or when hockey players score goals, and you could see. In the in the in the and I know some folks were saying that there was good. I I didn't necessarily see the the uh, what was going on in the bench, but people were saying that there was a lot of like good body posture, a lot of smiles, and I and it's it's coming out. And sure, that's what happens when you win, right? That's that tends to winning winning makes everyone happy and brings out the joy. But I do think that it was you could see it on the faces of these guys, the relief that they're feeling and the excitement. And so you know, Kyle Connor gets up to goal number thirty, and I believe. On that play, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who got the primary assist, that was his uh, 34th, which correct. ties him for a career high that he set with the Blue Jackets. I think in I'm in diabetic so. shock, by the way. All right. Well, let's keep rolling <laughs> with that. But anywho, the point is that uh, that he he was, you know, he, Pierre-Luc Dubois is up to a career high for assists, mm-hmm. and, or tied his career high, I should say, for assists. But the fact of the matter is, now it's 4 nothing, And, you know, again... This is why it was funny because the crowd wasn't that it. They were definitely into it. Don't get me wrong, especially yeah. when "Hey Baby" and all that stuff plays. But uh, although Kyle Connor's song is a country song, if I recall correctly, but the the fact of the matter is that the Jets were were doing all of the things that they needed to do. And Drew, the, the again highlighting it was a block. And Kevin Stanlin doesn't get a lot of attention uh, with good reason. You don't really want to be highlighting Kevin Stanlin too much. But I liked when the Jets have a 4 nothing lead, that he's still getting in front of shots and still blocking the shot so Connor Hellebuck doesn't have to. And if again, if he's going to stand in the lane, at least make the block. And so that's what he did. And so, you know, again, little plays that don't necessarily mention merit mention, but the fact of the matter is it's uh, it's nice to see that the team is doing that when they're up 4 nothing, and, you know, could be a little bit lazy and be like, well, mm-hmm. I don't really want to block a shot. It's 4 nothing. But you see Kevin Stanlin still doing what he needed to do, which is getting in the shot lane. Well, that's exactly what you want. You want to see the the proverbial 60-minute effort and all those cliches. But, you know, that's what you have to do, especially at this point in the game, because it's not – I mean, it's for nothing, and it is over – but you can't get you can't get fat, you can't get lazy, you can't get sloppy because we've seen what can happen if you get if you get lazy and sloppy, especially against a good team like New Jersey and a team, as you mentioned in talking to our friend Amanda Stein, uh, a team that is going to be uh, that is that is very adept at comebacks in the third period and late game comebacks. Speaking of comebacks, the Flames have come back to tie it for all in Calgary just before the twelve minute mark or just with about 12 minutes to go rather I should say in the third period so we'll keep a close eye on that look if uh, the if the flames are I mean look we've said this about the jets too but I mean yeah. the flames gave up four goals on 14 shots against the Canucks they, and I don't know how many shots that 18, the Ducks have Anna, 18 Anaheim has 
So, I mean, like, uh, and it's Dan Vlader and Net uh, today, I think it was Markstrom the other day, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's a shocking collapse in Calgary, regardless of the outcome for them. And and look, as folks have pointed out, and they're not wrong, the Jets have their eyes on the Seattle Kraken. They're going to try and get Crackalack and, wow. uh, you know, and look, I know we've got, there's, we're going to get into that. We'll talk about that after, but I'm just okay. saying that there's no point in, you, you know, you just, if the Jets can keep riding. Yeah. Doesn't hurt to, right. doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt to keep on looking up. Fair enough. It certainly doesn't. So it's four nothing uh, for the Winnipeg Jets after 40 minutes. The third period starts and more good things happen. They make it five nothing at the 10-19 mark. Uh, hey, after, baby. Uh, after they kill off uh, an early penalty by Mark Shifley, uh, Mark Shifley takes an offensive zone hooking penalty early in the third period. Just what you don't want to do just to potentially give the Devils a little bit of life had they been able to capitalize on it. The penalty kill did an admirable job uh, killing off the Shifley penalty so that there was no life uh, for the Devils. The Jets made it 5 nothing at the 10-19 mark. Uh, so this is just putting whipped cream on your on your ice cream cake at this point in time, given that you're in the back half of the third period. But it is Pierre-Luc Dubois, his 26th of the season, an exquisite pass by Josh Morrissey. I mean, Josh Morrissey back in the lineup tonight after he missed Friday's game uh, with uh, an illness of some sort. And, you know, Rick Bonus said after Friday's game that Morrissey would play on Sunday, and he did. And he was the Morrissey we've seen. He wasn't flashy until this pass where he demonstrates his elite vision in finding Pierre-Luc Dubois. Dubois makes no mistake on it, uh, getting his 26th goal of the season. Secondary assist goes to Dylan DeMello. This play, this shot is our Seagram shot of the game, uh, courtesy of our friends at Seagram's. Seagram's VO, integrity, tradition, and craftsmanship. Seagram's products are available at your local, at your local liquor mart, easy for me to say, or wherever fine liquor products are sold. So be sure to support Seagram's because of their support of illegal curve hockey a beautiful pass by Morrissey Dave to tee up uh Dubois to make it five nothing well and again Drew we're, we're talking about the fact that the Devils started that third period with a good push and yeah. the Devils were as you said and it's the correct assessment that this is a good New Jersey Devils team they have a lot of pride they're you know challenging for a top spot in the you know they want to be a big dog in the Eastern Conference and this was they would have been if they would have beaten the Jets. I think just the third team this year to sweep all through Canada. So the Jets prevented them from doing that. I don't know. There's another good stat courtesy of our good friend Judy Owen from the Canadian Press, but I don't remember who the other two teams were. But uh, two of the American teams that were this, they would have been the third to do the sweep, and they were unable to courtesy of what the Jets were able to do. But the fact is, New Jersey started that third period off uh, very well. And with a lot of sustained pressure and again, like, you know, things you want to highlight and it may have been in the second period, but I'll highlight it regardless. I mean, there was a play where Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello both, I believe it was in the second, but both jumped at, they was in the second, but both jumped to prevent a play, you know, for, by the devils. And you saw that level of sacrifice. Now getting to the, this goal here by Pierre-Luc Dubois after the pressure by New Jersey, the jets started to kind of re reemerge and say, okay, well, we're not going to sit back on a four nothing lead. And yeah, now suddenly it's five nothing. Hey, baby's playing down from the loudspeakers, and beautiful pass by Pierre, by Josh Morrissey. Seventy points, fifteen goals, fifty-five assists for Josh Morrissey. I mean, it is just it is just a remarkable season by mm -hmm. him. And so, yeah, this is this again. It's 
it's that idea of everyone being a part of the win, right? Five different goal scorers at this point, you know, and the points are are fairly, I mean, guys like Blake Wheeler had two assists and, you know, there were uh, Ehlers ended up obviously with two, but like a lot of guys had, some guys had one and one, but the fact of the matter is a lot of guys had points. A lot of guys had a piece of the win. And again, ultimately that's what you want. You want to feel like everybody is part of things. And so, yeah, you liked, you like the effort from the, from the, from the Jets team here. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is now up to 60 points and he looks like he's going to set all sorts of career highs uh, this season, even though he missed, uh, you know, that stretch of games, but it was, it was a huge goal. I mean, it wasn't a huge goal in the sense that the Jets absolutely needed it, but it was right. just, a, it was just the fact of the matter is, and I said this when it was, when it was four, nothing for the Jets, the Jets, and our friend Carter Brooks from Game On uh, had a. My point was the Jets scored have scored ten goals. You know, and it was it was a game and a half because I said it. You know, at the midpoint of this of the second period, mm-hmm. they had ten goals. But Carter makes a good observation. They had scored nine in the previous seven. <laughs> so so like again, goals were and five on five goals. Yeah, they you were know, all the power five play on goals. Five. Like power play goals hadn't come. And the other thing, Drew, I want to highlight because we kind of glossed over it because, but I think it was important. Was and I know people didn't like the the first period penalty that was, was called uh, on the Jets, but the penalty goal was excellent, mm-hmm. and and it really was you know and I know they gave up a goal at the end, but like but the but the reality was, the penalty kill was excellent uh, in the game and, and and New Jersey who's a very good team didn't have a shot in their first penalty power play and I think we're limited to two in their second, so the Jets penalty kill did a very good job and I thought that should also merit a mention. Yeah, when the game was still in doubt, the penalty kill certainly stepped up for the Winnipeg Jets. And as God is my witness, folks, okay, I saw this with my very own eyes. And I know I had to do a double check. I had to go, you know, make sure my glasses weren't fogged up, make sure I wasn't watching a replay. But I swear I saw it. The Winnipeg Jets' sixth goal of the game was a power play <laughs> goal. They scored on the power play. It's hard to believe. It's hard to fathom. Yep. I had to, you know, make sure that I was sitting down and I could, you know, hold on tight. But Nikolai Ehlers at the 14-10 mark of the third period on the power play, assists to Mark Shifley and Josh Morrissey, the sixth goal for the Jets in tonight's game, the six-nothing goal, and it came with a man advantage, and it was a hell of a shot on his. Uh, not on his strong side. Like he had to, as as Kevin Sawyer illustrated on the broadcast. You know, he was on the. You know, he's a right shot, and he was playing on the on the left side. And he had to wait for the puck to cross over his body, and then one time it a very difficult thing to do. But he did it so very well in def- in beating uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, who played the third period for the New Jersey Devils, to make it six uh, nothing for the Winnipeg Jets. He's a left shot, Drew. That's what I said. Oh, you said I thought you said he's I think you said he, he was a right shot. Either is a left shot. Yeah, yeah. Did I say right? Okay. Well, I I I've had I just a lot want of, the people I know you had a lot I've to go through. I had a lot of cookies, Dave. I understand, but you know, we gotta we gotta I gotta make sure that the folks know that the facts are the facts. Yes, as as uh, Bruce Willis said in Die Hard 2, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. So yeah, no, but and the, the point you make, yes is the right one. And and again, sorry for correcting you there. That was, no, no, that was actually fine. more of a you thing than a me thing. But it, you did, when you said Nikolai Ely is a right shot, I was like, he's a no, right shot. You're right. You're right. And I was like, right. I'm like, I don't think he is, but anyway, no, it doesn't matter. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. It was a, it's a cookie related conundrum. Hold on. Just let me hit the kill switch. We're going to the Dave Manuk experience. <laughs> 
Anywho, so the point is that uh, the uh, I think something uh, that something must be happening in that Calgary game, maybe because folks are getting uh, ant- a- a- angry with the Ducks, unless they're just giving them power play opportunities. But look, um, you know, Nikolai Ehlers is I, I, that was his first, I believe, multi-goal game. I mean, he's only got twelve goals this season, of course, because he's had you know the injury, the sports hernia surgery, and all that mm-hmm. that he had to come uh, you know overcome. But at the end of the day, that you know. What have we been talking about? Nikolai Ehlers on the power play. Nikolai Ehlers given opportunity on the power play. And the fact of the matter is he's got a hell of a good shot. And he's he's talented kid. And you like to see him shooting that puck because he's got that shot and not overpassing it. And I think it's one thing that the Jets kind of got away from you know, a little bit was was well, not a little bit for, for a significant portion of that slide. And we talked about it was that they were looking for the perfect pass constantly. Mm-hmm. As opposed to you know taking a shot on net and looking for a, a rebound, so now they're shooting and and hoping for rebounds. And so look, Nikolai Ehlers gets the goal on the power play. Your eyes weren't deceiving you, Drew. They were telling you the truth. It was in fact a power play goal, and uh, folks uh, celebrated it all. You know whether it was a five on five goal, a shorthanded goal, or a power play goal, they were just happy. The Jets for the second straight game were up six nothing. Yeah, that they were, and then my, according to my crack research team, uh, yes. the Jets are two and zero in games this season when they've taken a six nothing lead into the third period. So there when they, so there you go. So when they've when they when when they've had the six goal lead with less than twenty minutes to play, the team is now two and zero on the season. So you know there there you know there's some uh, in depth stats for you folks on this Sunday evening. Uh, unfortunately, the shutout. Uh, the- well, hold on, Drew. Before you get to the shutout, okay. Got to highlight Nate Schmidt for getting back because Nate Schmidt was a little aggressive on one play, yes, which was come which, back hard. which which led to uh, I believe it was a Devils two on one, but he motored back, and I was actually shocked because I was like, "Whoa, what, who is that? Who is that uh, that speed demon?" But it was Nate Schmidt, and he kills a uh, Devils two on one. So again, it's a six one hockey game. Yeah. So we were highlighting a lot of offense in that Bitway recap. Oh, took a lot of Leo Pionk on Friday. That's right. Coming back to kill a scoring chance for the Red Wings yeah. when the game was already out of hand. Right. And I, and that's, again, it just, it just, it's illustrating what this Jets team was doing was that, first of all, they're trying to get Connor Hellebuck his 30-second shutout. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think, it, I think Kevin Sawyer on the, on the broadcast in the third period said that I think the Devils were the only other team other than the Leafs, maybe. The Devils and the Leafs are the only two yeah. teams that uh, had not uh, had not uh, been shut out. So, yes, so Comet noticed it. It was all Kevin Sawyer's fault. Although Kevin Sawyer said it early in the third, and it didn't happen, of course, till late. Uh, but I, I like no. I obviously I don't believe in jinxes, but but the fact of the matter is that uh, except when I was bowling at Billy Mozienko, and then when when I was when the games were close, I would just secretly jinx, 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 and it always seemed to work. So um, I, then it works, but other times I don't believe it works. Anyways, the fact is, Drew, that that you know did you, you like your own bowling shoes. Yeah, did you have your own bowling? No, no, shoes? this when I was a kid. Okay, no, I was just well, maybe you were a competitive bowler. I don't know. No, I don't no. really know about the Dave Manuk, you know, uh, preteen years. Maybe no. you were a competitive bowler or something. No, I just don't. I just I don't, I don't like losing. So I was uh, I was competitive back then, and I didn't want to lose. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't Fred Flintstone, Fred Twinkletoes Flintstone, or anything like that. Okay, well, okay, whatever you say there, Barney Rumble, uh, Barney Rumble at the very <laughs> least. Um, Barney, yeah. Uh, anyway, 6 nothing for the Jets. They lose the shutout with mere seconds to go, 14 seconds to go on a power play with Dylan DeMello in the box. Nico Hishier, his 31st assist to Jack Hughes and Jesper Bratt. And uh, really, that's all New Jersey doing is just keeping that shutout streak or the lack thereof uh, in line as they uh, cut the lead from 6 nothing to 
6-1, and the Winnipeg Jets are glad to uh, walk away with a 6-1 victory tonight over the New Jersey Devils. Two wins in a row on home ice in the season-ending, regular season-ending, if they should say, five-game homestand. The next matchup comes on Wednesday, an epic battle against the Calgary Flames, as we all know what the playoff implications of that game are going to be. Less than six minutes to play in Calgary, 4-4 still. So we're keeping a close eye on the Ducks and the Flames. That is the Betway game recap here for this Sunday evening. A big thank you to our friends at Betway for their support of the Illegal Curve post-game show. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back, some post-game quotes from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. I honestly can't have any more Girl Glide cookies. I love them, but I'm feeling as though my body is currently rejecting itself. So instead, while I try and resuscitate myself a little bit, smash the like button, and we'll be right back with more of the Illegal Curve post-game show. Contests still to come, of course, and we'll bring you to the conclusion of the Ducks and the Flames as well. Don't go anywhere. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Sunday night, the Illegal Curve post-game show rolls on on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. Oh, looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about 5 bucks? Come on, $5? 
No yep. way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code, Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. <laughs> There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Bottom of the hour, just after 9.30 in the evening, whatever you're doing, presumably watching us, maybe you're also second screening WrestleMania, maybe you're also second screening the end of the Ducks-Flames game, little more than three minutes to go there. Whatever you're doing on this Sunday evening, I hope you're doing it and you're safe and you're happy and you're healthy and thank you so much for joining Dave Manouk and yours truly for the Illegal Curve post-game show. We'll get to some of our contests coming up in a few minutes' time, a new month so time to uh, stock up a whole bunch of new entries for the illegal curve merchandise contest we still have i guess uh what would be that six uh how many games left now dave I mean, my math is my head is is spinning a little bit thanks to the sugar but i guess we have what five games left We're five after this yeah five this was the sixth uh, game there you go. Exactly right. So five after tonight still to come uh, with the uh, merchandise contest. So if you haven't won yet, you still have an opportunity to do so. We did get some nice uh, comments though from folks who are getting their merch. Okay. Uh, you know, um, so just if you're, if you're getting it and you're wearing it and a lot of people are happy, I don't know if uh, Ken got it yet in North Dakota, but there's, it's going all over the place. We're sending some to Alberta. We've sent to BC we, we haven't heard back from John Chan, but eventually I'm going to get John's address. Hopefully John Chan's going to hit me with an address in Winnipeg or somewhere in Manitoba. So I have to send it all the way to Singapore, but yeah. we'll do what we got to do. Well, maybe we'll take a trip. Maybe we'll have to hand deliver it to we'll Singapore. Send, we'll, send, we'll send Ginsburg. <laughs> Somehow I don't think Zing, uh, Ginsburg's getting he's through. Big, uh, he's, actually big, he's actually big in Singapore. He's, 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 <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Connor Hellbuck. Like, literally, he's actually huge. Yeah, I know that. So Connor okay. Hellbuck, his beard especially, uh, says this courtesy of Murata Tesh and his uh, Twitter feed. Connor Hellbuck says he hears the fans when you celebrate the shot blocks, the crease clears, and the gutsy effort. Says they're the most important plays, and Winnipeg's crowd deserves credit for its noise i think those are the most important moments those are the ones you aren't necessarily expecting but when you get them they just carry the play and the team plays so heavily i think that's why our building is always rated one of the loudest is because of those little things uh Connor Hellebuck continuing about the fans they understand the game and how important that 
is. So Connor Hellebuck in full-throated praise of the fans in downtown Winnipeg tonight. I see that uh, the Calgary Flames have taken the lead with two Folks and are a half upset right now. Go. Yeah, 5-4 Calgary. Uh, the, uh, who's that? The Michael Stone just scored. Winnipegger. Yeah, Winnipegger doing some damage to his uh, hometown team. Uh, the Flames now leading 5-4 with a uh, little bit more, a little less than two and a half minutes to go. We'll see if the Ducks can stage a comeback to send no, people game. are upset but folks i mean it just makes uh it makes the game all the more exciting on uh, wednesday it makes it that much more important it certainly will be an important game on uh wednesday between the jets and the calgary flames uh blake wheeler with this quote uh you know for me i may be a little bit past the part of creating a ton of space for myself but to play with a guy like Ehlers that can put me in situations where I have time and space, I can still make some plays happen. You don't have the guys my size that can't skate very well to skate around. I've had to evolve over the years. I still think I move more than well enough to be effective. I guess the point was playing with a guy like Nicky. He's so dangerous and draws so many eyes to him. If you're able to play off him and read off him a little bit, you're going to find yourself with a lot of time and space. Uh, that's a fairly astute, uh, fairly honest comment from Blake Wheeler. I wanted to make mention of that one, again, courtesy of Murat Atesh and his uh, Twitter feed. Thanks to Murat for his, uh, tweeting that out into the Twitter sphere. Uh, so, you know, Blake Wheeler acknowledging that he's not the same player he was in his prime, but also saying, you know, I can still do some things, especially with a guy like Nikolai Ehlers that I can play off of. So very um, interesting comments there from Blake Wheeler. And then Rick Bonus uh, was saying, you know, was he ever sick of getting uh, was he ever did he ever get sick of people in the media reminding him that uh, Winnipeg was getting lots of scoring chances during their offensive skid? Sorry. Yeah, uh, let me rephrase this. Rick Bonus on whether or he ever got sick of reminding the media that ah. Winnipeg was getting lots of scoring chances. I apologize for my initial misreading there. Quote, I just feel bad for the guys because they were getting all of those chances. Well, right now, at least in the last two games, those chances are translating to goals for the Winnipeg Jets. Six goals tonight against the New Jersey Devils after six against the uh, Detroit Red Wings on Friday. And we know the Detroit Red Wings, pardon me, we know the Calgary Flames are a high-scoring team, so it'll be interesting to see how many goals the Jets will need on Wednesday in order to defeat the Flames in what should be a playoff-esque atmosphere and a game with huge playoff implications on Wednesday night in downtown Winnipeg. The next two games, to be perfectly honest, both have huge playoff implications. Wednesday against the Flames, and then Saturday against the uh, Nashville Predators, if the Jets take care of business on home ice on Wednesday and Saturday, that's going to do a whole hell of a lot for putting themselves back in the playoff, uh, in, in a playoff spot, Dave M. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, that it, it, you control, like, ultimately, the Jets control their own destiny. So I know folks yeah. are very fixated and hoping that Calgary will stumble and bumble, as Chris Berman used to say. But the fact of the matter is, you can't really care about it. You have to just focus on the task at hand. You have to defeat the Calgary Flames. You have to beat the Nashville Predators. If you do that, you're probably in the playoffs. You really and, are. you you know, it, like, obviously, you have that juggernaut San Jose Sharks 
and the Minnesota Wild, uh, I believe, to close things out. And then Little, the Avalanche. And then and the, the, the no, the, well, well, the Wild again, and then the, and then the Avs. I think the, isn't the final game of the year against the Avs in Colorado. Yeah, but they only have the Wild once. Who who are the last two home games? Nashville and San Jose. Oh right, sorry. The the Wild game is a, is is a back to back. It's a back to back in. That's Minnesota. what it is. It's yeah. sorry. It's it's in Minnesota. It's a back to back. Yeah. And then they and then they go to Colorado. That's right. But um. But the fact of the matter is, it may not. You know, if you can win, you can win the next. I mean, first of all, if you win five in a row, yeah, you get. If you be, I mean, you're basically a, you're a playoff team, mm-hmm. and and the fact is, as I've often saw, talked about, that you don't need to win. You don't need to have like a. You don't need to be a juggernaut going into the Stanley Cup final playoffs to become a finalist. But I think for a Jets team that has played as poorly as they have for two and a half months, mm-hmm. if they can continue this against Calgary, if they can continue this against Nashville, and then you know, pump the sharks. It's a different story. And again, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves, but yeah. two, two games against, you know, uh, the Troy team, whatever, but, uh, this is a, the, the devils people, like the devils got in late last night. I know they got in at three in the morning. Guess what? The jets sometimes did that too. Yeah. Teams do that. It's uh, oh, John, I just got your email. So I thank you. John said he'd sent me the email, but now I got it. So we're good. John Chan. And don't worry for folks who are saying John's going to in Singapore is going to get his, uh, his merch before you. That's not necessarily the case, and that's on Canada Post at that point, no longer on Dave M. It's a final in Calgary. The Flames do win 5-4. They take care of business. It wasn't easy. It was an uphill climb for them, but they do keep pace with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the Flames defeating the Anaheim Ducks tonight. So they will remain two points behind the Winnipeg Jets, having played the same number of games. The Predators... Three points, Drew. Three, when you include the tiebreaker, the Predators uh, play tomorrow. I believe that by the time the Jets and the Flames actually play on Wednesday, before puck drop on Wednesday, the Predators will have played the same number of games as the Jets and the Flames. So entering Wednesday's game, all three teams will have played 77 games. So we'll be pretty close to an equal footing as it pertains to the uh, playoff spots. We mentioned the Kraken earlier. They have seven games still to play. So they are like Nashville have two games in hand. Their schedule is soft. Three of those seven go against the Arizona Coyotes, one each against the uh, Canucks and the Chicago Blackhawks, two against the Golden Knights. So really two of the crack in the final seven games are against any are against teams that are good. That being the, the Vegas Golden Knights, everything else is against the Arizona Coyotes, the Canucks and the Blackhawks. But if the if the Coyotes are interested in playing spoiler, they can definitely do it against the Seattle Kraken with those three games still to go between those two teams, three games over the final seven games of the regular season. That's bizarre scheduling to say the least. Dave M, let's do some contests on a Sunday evening so we can wrap Ooh. up and maybe. Go I don't to know, bed Drew. At a, at we just got a big hour. We just got a big bump from uh, the the folks who are joining us. We just got a huge bump of folks who just decided to join up and join on the Illegal Curve post game show following that Jet six one win. So I don't know, Drew. Maybe we need to keep this thing rolling a little bit longer. I know. Well, I think you want to. You would probably have a moose uh, minute you want to do woo, as well. That's not. I didn't want to say anything, Drew, uh, but. Uh, Although the way the moose have been playing lately, I might. It's not necessarily. These are not the uh, the previous moose manuk moose minutes. In any event, the unique code word for the new month's worth of illegal curve. Contest. A little old school reference here. 
a little old school, a little Will Ferrell going streaking. We're up over through the quad and into the gymnasium. The Winnipeg Jets victors in two straight games, meaning Dave M is pulling out old school references. Uh, you know, you, you know, everything else like that. He's gonna do one. He's gonna do one. Uh, with a, a very classic movie, if you will. Going streaking. So going streaking. No G's. Only one G there. Not going streaking. No, no, no. Go yeah, in. Spell it out for the people listening on the podcast, Drew. G-O-I-N-S-T-R-E-A-K-I-N. Going streaking is the unique code word for the Illegal Curve contest. Click the link on the YouTube channel. The drop-down arrow, you'll see the contest link. If you can't find it there, go to our website, IllegalCurve.com. You'll also find the contest link there. Enter the unique code word. You'll get 10 entries to win win great Winnipeg Jets merchandise, just like today's winner, Albert Scott. Two first names. You got to love it. Albert Scott is the winner. I can't tell if Albert's won before, but Albert is out in Winkler, so we'll see if... uh... If Albert, I didn't have my master list to see if Albert's a previous winner. It's possible. There's okay. nothing, nothing precludes one from uh, from winning more than once. And we've had that. Someone won a jersey and uh, another prize. So it's it's always possible to win more than once. I can't. Albert Scott seems familiar, so it's possible he's won more than once. But we'll find out. There you go. Albert Scott, the winner of the Illegal Curve Merchandise Contest for tonight. So congratulations to Albert Scott. Before we wrap the weekend, there's only one thing that needs to happen before we can put a bow on this post-game show. Put on your antlers. It's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. See what I did there? Bow on the show. I'm a poet. Don't even know it. Go on, Mr. Manuk. You're on mute. You're on mute. The one you you have you have to be ready. This is your time to shine, and you're on mute. I'm not on mute right now, Drew. That's that's fake news. <laughs> Go ahead. Anywho, the point is the moose. Well, you know what? I was trying to. I think folks wanted to mute me simply because the moose have had a slide, three losses in a row going into yesterday's concluding game, and uh, it was the autism. First of all, we have to mention this. It was the autism acceptance game mm-hmm. and the moose have done an exceptional do- job. The moose do an exceptional job and I'm not here to, to pump their tires, but like, cause moose don't have tires. They don't drive. But the fact of the matter is, and you don't want to hit a moose when you're driving in a car. Cause that, say, I've seen that makes your car, car go kerplot. But anyways, the point is that the, um, the team that the, the moose folks who do the, the specialty jerseys, not just these ones, but all of them, mm-hmm. they always do a phenomenal job and the jerseys get worn in the game not like the Jets who wear them in warm-up and then sell them for the cause. They actually wear them throughout the course of the game. So Moose uh, did another did a really good job on the, on these autism jerseys. If you haven't seen them, autism acceptance jerseys, I should say. If you haven't seen them, uh, we have them posted on the Illegal Curve uh, Instagram. You should be following the Illegal Curve Instagram to yeah. see Colby's phenomenal f- photos mm-hmm. and uh, any other stuff that happens to, uh, you know, catch our fancy if you will but these moose jerseys were were pretty slick and so we threw them uh on the instagram but you might want to check them out you can buy them if you want to support a good cause money goes to saint amont uh so that's always good and just a little health news why bon giovanni still not ready to go he's dealing with a cut and it still hasn't just healed up parker ford who was recently signed and tyrell bauer they drew back in and evan poli who's dealing with an injury he's expected to get a little more rest he'll be back next week and simon lundmark came out and uh, it was probably one of the best starts we've ever seen 
Darwin, you don't want to hear the about the best start the Moose ever had? That's your choice. There's a lot of other folks like Ticona Pauli who are going to stick around and listen with bated breath to find out what happened with the Moose. But the fact is, the Moose had a 15 to zero wow. advantage on shots at the midpoint of the first period. 15 to zero. But Spencer, significant. But Spencer Martin was uh, unbeatable, and uh, clearly, and uh, they couldn't get one past him. And I said to my seatmate beside me in a location I can't disclose because I've been banned. There's yes. a uh, there's now a publication ban on me mentioning the press box. Just kidding. But uh, we were talking about it, and it was one of those situations where you're like, okay, now the moose are. Out completely outplaying them, and they're going to give up some goal, and they're going to be down one nothing. And sure enough, the uh, well, Kenny's water bottle says his breath isn't baited, but he's listening. Well, I'm, I appreciate that. That's good intent, intentional listening. But anyways, Moose found themselves down one nothing, despite the fact. Are you ready for this, Drew? Yeah. Twenty two. No, sorry. I think it was twenty three to six shot advantage for the Manitoba Moose, which was the most shots they've taken this period, and uh, they gave up a goal on the. Uh, D train. Well, D train, don't worry. I will. D train says they haven't heard from me in the merch contest. I'll get that one to you. I'm pretty sure I emailed you, but anyways, I know. Actually, how do I know who D train is? Because uh, D train has a, a generic name. So hopefully, we'll see if uh, I can get a hold of D train. But D train, don't derail me right now while I'm trying to talk about the moose. Thank you, Drew. So the moose gave up a five on four goal to uh, to the to the Canucks to be down one nothing, and then. It wasn't a power play goal, but it was a five on four because Billy Hainola took a puck to the face and the Moose were kind of caught napping. They didn't realize that Hainola was injured, stunned a little bit, and he was trying to get onto the bench. And so nobody jumped on for him, which effectively gave the Canucks a five on four. And by the time the Jet Moose re recognized that, they were down two nothing. Uh, and the Canucks had the look, what looked like an insurmountable lead. Oscar Salmonen was excellent in the second period. So remember the moose had a, I think it was 23 to six, seven, whatever it was, maybe eight, no seven uh, shot advantage in the first period. The second period was a complete flip 18 to four wow. for the, for the, for the visitors. And Oscar uh, Salmon was excellent. Made a couple of real nice saves, things that the jets, the moose would have needed if they were going to get back into this game. And they got uh, a little luck courtesy of Christian Reichel doing some hard work behind the net. He fed it in front puck goes in off the goaltender. Sorry, goes off the goaltender, kicks right out to Daniel Torgerson and the uh, 2020 second rounder, 2020 second rounder, Drew? Yeah, I believe so. For the Winnipeg Jets, he scores his 10th goal of the season. Nice emphatic jump into the boards. And uh, I found out after courtesy of Anthony Fusco of the Moose that uh, he had some family and friends in from Sweden. So nice for him to get a goal in front of his family and friends. And then, but that was all the Moose could muster. And so they ended up dropping their four straight game. They dropped the 34, 23, five and four on the season. Don't get any closer to clinching a playoff spot. I haven't checked what the magic number it was today, but I believe it was five. I don't know what the other teams around them did, but the moose magic number I think is around five. So the moose are looking for a little redemption. They were, they're going to be, they were off today. They're back on the ice tomorrow. They'll have Tuesday off, have some time to get ready for their final uh, homestand of the regular season. It's going to be a good one, especially the final game because they give away a lot of gear. So uh, if you haven't gotten a chance, you can go check that out. And so that was the Moose. They lost their fourth one in a row. And Drew, we have to mention, of course, because if we talk about the Moose, we should probably mention the Winnipeg Ice. They won again. The Winnipeg, they won again. Yeah. Two and O oh, over the Medicine Hat Tigers. And the series will kick back now to Medicine Hat. 
the moose the ice sorry won five two in game two last night so uh so they're cruising and they're without zach benson who's a uh you know expected top five pick in the draft he's out uh, i believe it's week to week so he uh that's a big loss for them but they're mm-hmm. hoping he'll be okay and i'm sure there's a lot of other jets prospects folks want us to get to and one other thing we should mention drew because we'd like to be we like to be informative here on this on this program for people. It's not just, it's not our, just our version of informative, which is, you know, well, the, I think what I'm going to say at times, well, look, I mean, look, when we're bringing will on the neck cracking dude, that's true. I mean, there, that that's was a, an exclusive illegal curve. That was an exclusive only as I, curve. as I said, it drew only on yeah. a legal curve that's would right. something like that happen. But, yeah. but the fact of the matter is uh, the one thing that we, that I mentioned, I had on illegalcurve.com on April 1st, was that uh, Rick Bonus was asked for an update on Cole Perfetti. Yeah, and he said... Not, he, not an he, April Fool's joke. Not an April Fool's joke. He said he's done for a while, yet nothing new. Nothing has changed. Mm-hmm. He's he's around anyways. That's the only thing that's changed. He's physically here. And then asked for a timeline on his return. He indicated it's hard to pinpoint to give you an exact time, but it's probably later than that because they were asked with respect to the the normal, the original... Uh, I think it was like playoffs sort of start thing. of the playoffs thing. So it sounds like even if the Jets make the playoffs, Cole Perfetti is probably a first round option. Now, if they were smart, what they would do is they would send him down to the moose to give him some conditioning opportunities. Uh, but we'll see if they do that. And time will tell on that front and time will tell if the Winnipeg Jets are indeed Woo! a playoff team, but they went a long way in maintaining their playoff position with tonight's six, one victory over the New Jersey Devils. I want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Go Saturday Frosty. show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at the Keg, Grid Park, Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Rolly's Transfer, Zappia Group Realty, Seagram's, Boston Pizza, Tough Duck, and of course, the official title sponsor of the post-game show, our friends at Betway. Big thanks to all of these fine businesses for their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Wednesday night, right around 9.15 or so after the Jets and the Flames, what will undoubtedly be an absolutely epic Smite Division showdown at in downtown Winnipeg for playoff positioning, a huge game because on Tuesday the Flames are in Chicago and they potentially could be tied with the Jets entering Wednesday's game uh, in downtown Winnipeg. So it will be a very important matchup on Wednesday between the Jets and the Flames. And until then, of course, IllegalCurve.com will have all of your latest news on everything to do with the Jets, the Moose, and the Ice. One final word for you, Mr. Manuk. I saw you pointing to yourself. I just want to give a belated happy birthday to my Zeta, Sam. Sam Kleiman, he's celebrated his 96th birthday on uh, on Thursday. I will now eat 96 Girl Guide cookies <laughs> in honor of your Zeta. But I want to give my Zeta a, spe- a special shout out. He's he's awesome. Uh, I love him a lot, and uh, I'm lucky to still have him and the opportunity to call him and talk to him whenever I want. And you know my Baba as well. But my Zeta, it was his birthday. Her birthday's in September when yeah. she turns 96. So we'll we'll celebrate her in September. But my Zeta is the one who gets the recognition. So I just want to give him a shout out because he's 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 an incredible person. He can still probably wire my entire house. He still drives. He still uh, lives lives on his own. So uh, incredible shape. And uh, our family's lucky to have him. 
There you go. That's a great thing. Absolutely. 96 years young. Happy birthday to your Zeta. Very fortunate, of course, that uh, he's still going strong. And that's great to hear. Big thanks to all of you for joining us. You joined us on Friday night. You joined us on Saturday morning. You joined us on Sunday evening. We do it because of all of you good folks who keep showing up to listen to Dave and myself and on occasion Ginsburg ramble incoherently. <laughs> but it's fun. And that's why we do it. We'll be back Wednesday night, 9.15. Like I said, until then, LegalCurve.com. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. We always like to know what you think of our programming. For Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mindell. Thanks for joining us. Until Wednesday at 9.15, we wish you good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.